welcome to Talk About Talk, episode number 133. In case we haven't met, I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. If we have met, though, I have a question for you. What's your favorite Talk About Talk podcast of all time? Honestly, I would love to know. Please email me or message me on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear. If I had to choose, it's this episode. This episode was originally released as episode number 93, The Power of Three. This is definitely my number one favorite episode of all time. Can you tell by my smile? Why is it my favorite though? There are a few reasons. The first is that when I was doing the research for this episode, I found so much evidence for the power of three. It was almost overwhelming. I had a lot of fun combing through the academic-oriented and even the popular anecdotal evidence of the power of three. It was everywhere. The power of three is prolific. So then I recorded the audio for this episode and I handed over the audio file to the Talk About Talk audio producer. His name is Brian. He's also my brother. And he had a lot of fun with sound effects, as you're going to hear in a minute. Thank you, Brian. But this episode is not just a lot of fun, as you're about to hear. It's also helpful and productive. Since the original release of this episode, it's almost like the power of three has become part of my brand as an executive communication coach. If you've listened to a few past Talk About Talk episodes, you've probably heard me referencing the power of three. I do it all the time. I even recently relaunched the Talk About Talk email newsletter to be formatted to share three main learnings with you every week. The power of three is everywhere. So here's my challenge to you. Make three your default. Got it? Enjoy. There's something magical about the number three. Is three a powerful number? I think so. Apparently, Brittany thinks so too. And by the end of this episode, you might agree with us. If nothing else, you'll probably be convinced to consider three as your default in many communication contexts. Are you ready? One, two, three, go! Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Greetings and welcome to Talk About Talk. I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Today we're focusing on the power of three. In this episode, you're going to learn why the number three in particular is so powerful, examples of where this is illustrated, and how you can use the number three to improve your communication. At Talk About Talk, we're relentlessly focused on improving our communication skills. Specifically, our goal is to accelerate the career advancement of ambitious executives by elevating their communication effectiveness. We talk about communication skills topics like networking, overcoming imposter syndrome, and personal branding. You can access Talk About Talk across a variety of media or resources, all from the talkabouttalk.com website. There's online corporate workshops, one-on-one coaching with me, online courses, the free weekly communication skills newsletter, and of course, this bi-weekly podcast. You can choose what works for you, and you can find it all on the website. While you're checking out talkabouttalk.com, I encourage you to subscribe to the free weekly communication skills newsletter. It's free, and it's kind of like getting free communication skills coaching in your email inbox once a week. 
you can sign up quickly and easily on the talkabouttalk.com website. Okay, welcome to Talk About Talk episode number 93. Yeah, 93. That was kind of an accident, but a good one. Three is a magic number. I came up with the idea for this episode at the end of last year when I was debriefing with one of my wonderful coaching clients. I asked him to summarize three of the most important communication skills learnings we covered over the past several months. One of the things he mentioned was the power of three. His most vivid example was when he was preparing for a huge webinar that he was hosting. We structured it so that he included three guest speakers or panelists, and he focused on three key learnings. It went extremely well, and the power of three stuck with him. He uses it all the time now and with great success. Now, I'm hoping the same can happen for you. I've done some research and thinking about the number three that I'm going to share with you, and we're going to cover three, yes, of course, three things. One, examples around us of the power of three. Two, the benefits or advantages of the number three. And last, where we can use the number three in our communication. So, as I always say, as you're listening to this episode, just keep doing whatever you're doing driving or walking or sitting on the couch, whatever. You don't have to take notes because I do that for you. If you go to the talkabouttalk.com website and click on the podcast tab, you'll see all the show notes listed for you there. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. First, we cover examples around us of the power of three. Of course, there's Brittany. Brittany loves the number three. She's not the only one. Threes are everywhere. If you start looking, you might be shocked. But let's start way back. How far back depends on how old you are. Do you remember English class, say, in grade four, maybe grade five or six? You've advanced from the early days when you were learning to print letters to printing words, then sentences, and now you're sitting with the big kids and you're starting on essays. Ooh. Do you remember the classic outline for your essay? Five paragraphs. First, the introduction. Then, three paragraphs to illustrate your point. Yes, three. Then the last paragraph is your conclusion. As a default, our basic essays have three supporting paragraphs. Don't forget this. We're going to come back to this point at the end of this episode. Where else might we find examples of the power of three? You don't have to look hard. I found examples in pop culture, in math, in science, in art, in religion, sports. Can you think of any examples of three? Let me start with examples of threes in our everyday life and in pop culture. In our everyday life, we count to three a lot. We use threes to lead up to something, as in one, two, three, go! And when we want everyone to sing happy birthday in unison, what do we say? One, two, three. Happy birthday. Okay, I'll stop there. Or when we want everyone to smile for the camera. One, two, three, cheese. Or when we're counting down to a race. Three, two, one. Now I got your attention. In our pop culture, there's the superstition that the third time we try something, of course, we'll succeed. 
we hear the phrase, third time's a charm. Then again, there's also the fact that, as they say, bad luck comes in threes. Speaking of luck, in Chinese culture, three is a lucky number because it sounds like the word for alive. And this resonates even more for the Chinese because the number four sounds like the word for death. Let's talk pop culture. Consider all the famous trilogies. There's the original Star Wars trilogy, the Lord of the Rings, and the Godfather trilogy, and on and on and on. Of course, there's the Three Amigos, the classic TV show Three's Company, the Three Stooges, and here's one for the boomers out there. There's Marsha, Jan, and Cindy. And there's Greg, Peter, and Bobby. And if you don't know these names, don't worry about it. How many wishes did Aladdin grant? You know, the genie? Three wishes, of course. And threes even show up in fairy tales. Think of the three little pigs and Goldilocks and the three bears. I could go on, but I'm going to shift gears and nerd out for a minute. Bear with me. You'll either love this or you're going to laugh at me. Either way, I'm okay. Let's talk threes in math. Three is the smallest odd prime number. Not only that, but it's the first Fermat prime, as in 2 to the power of 2n plus 1. It's also the first Mersenne prime, as in 2 to the power of n minus 1. If you're curious and this is not sounding familiar, you can check the show notes. Moving on, you might not remember all these prime numbers, but you probably do remember pi. Pi as in that magic number, yes, magic number, that helps us calculate the circumference and area of a circle and the volume of a sphere. What is pi? Pi is 3.14159265353 or 3.14, or you got it, three. Also, there's a math rule about dividing whole numbers by three. Do you remember? A number is divisible by three if the sum of its digits is also divisible by three. So, for example, 1,830, or 1,830, is divisible by 3 because 1 plus 8 plus 3 plus 0 is divisible by 3. Got it? That's magic! In geometry, the most stable shape is the triangle. A triangle has three edges and three corners, or vertices. And since it's the most stable physical shape, Engineers and architects use triangles all the time. Who said geometry was useless? Also in geometry, three is the minimum number of non-collinear points needed to determine a plane or a circle. Yeah, it took me a second to draw that one in my mind, but it's true. Now it's all coming back to me. Am I annoying you yet? Let's move on to science then. This is where three gets cool. Let's start with the fact that our planet is the third planet from the sun. True. Then there's the science of time. We perceive time as being in the past, present, or the future. Three tenses. There are also three dimensions, right? Physically, we measure things in terms of length, width, and height. And our eyes can sense three dimensions, as in 3D. And speaking of our eyes, humans are trichromatic. Our eyes, our retina, contain three types of color receptors. And in our class, we learned there are three primary colors, 
red, blue, and yellow, and three secondary colors. Do you remember? Purple, orange, and green. Speaking of art class, that reminds me, my favorite art teachers, Steve Rose and Sue Ennis. They both talk about the magic of three on our canvases. Dividing the canvas into thirds, considering a three by three, and using those grid lines to help you determine just where to put the horizon line. Threes work in interior design too. My friend interior decorator Jen Perkis shared this with me a few years ago. This isn't science per se, and since then I've heard it from a few other people, but this is a great tip. Her tip is to decorate with odd numbers, like one or three or five. And it's often three. How many vases or books or candles or cushions should you have in a display? Three, of course. Now, let's move on to religion. I'm almost done here. Don't worry. But this is fascinating. I'm going to cover religion and then sports and then we'll move on. If you Google the power of three, one of the first things to come up inevitably is the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in Christianity. In the Bible, there's also the three wise men and the three angels that are mentioned by name, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. There are all sorts of threes associated with Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection. And then there's the fact that there are 27 books in the New Testament, which is three times three times three, or three cubed. I started to wonder, is this magic of three business a Christian thing? Apparently not. For starters, many other religions have something similar to the Holy Trinity, a triple deity, including, for example, Hindus, Buddhists, and Taoists. In the Jewish tradition of the Kabbalah, the soul consists of three parts, what we would call repose, breath, and wind or spirit. Again, you get the idea. Threes are everywhere in religion and in sports. Any triathletes out there? Three is a common and coveted number in many sports. Three is the number of points associated with a football field goal, a basketball three-pointer, and an impressive hockey hat trick. There's the triple axle of figure skating, and there's the triple crown in horse racing and many other sports too. And of course, there's three strikes and you're out. In the Olympics, and frankly in many sporting events, and even non-sporting events where things are rated and ranked, we award the top three medalists, gold, silver, and bronze. And that seems like a good place to stop. We've covered plenty of examples now in our everyday language, pop culture, math, science, art, religion, and sports. I hope you found that fun. Our next question is, why? What are the benefits or advantages of using the number three? Well, let's start with the fact that three is balanced. Back to the triangle I mentioned. Think about a tripod or a stool. Yeah, it's no accident that tripods and stools balance so well on three legs. And if you ever sat on a chair or at a table with four legs that aren't perfectly balanced, you know that annoying wobbly table, then you know exactly what I mean. So three is balanced. Three is also substantial. Three is more than a couple. Three is much more compelling than two. 
They say three makes a trend. Remember that essay writing you did in primary school? Three supporting paragraphs, right? In other words, three is substantial. But at the same time, three is not overwhelming. If you go beyond three, I don't know about you, but I have to take notes. Seriously, I'll take out my phone and start typing. My working memory ain't that great. Keep it to three max, please. So three is balanced, three is substantial, but three is not overwhelming. Have you heard the term cognitive load? This is a term from psychology, yes, cognitive psychology, that can further help us understand why three is so powerful. Cognitive load refers to exactly what you might think it is. Simply put, it's the mental resources or working memory that we use. There are actually three types of cognitive load, intrinsic, extraneous, and germane. Intrinsic cognitive load is just about the effort required to think about a certain topic. Like string theory has higher intrinsic cognitive load than, say, a podcast focused on the number three. Intrinsic cognitive load is less relevant for our purposes here, except if perhaps we identify high intrinsic cognitive load in a particular context. And then we decide, therefore, that we need a mechanism to simplify things, like, say, the number three. Extraneous cognitive load refers to the way information or tasks are presented to a learner. When you're presenting or communicating, using the power of threes can help a lot. Threes are not overwhelming, and yet three can be substantial. The number three can help you with extraneous cognitive load, presenting things in a way that makes things easier for the people that you're talking with, making things easier to understand. Last, there's germane cognitive load. This refers to the effort associated with remembering something. This is about recall, making your message memorable. And we know that we can all remember three things, right? That's it. Using the power of threes can help alleviate cognitive load. Using the power of three makes whatever you're communicating easier to understand and easier to remember. I included this little cognitive psychology lecture to provide you with some real evidence that threes are powerful. If you care to review, I encourage you to check the show notes. Now, moving on, moving on to the big question. When should we incorporate the power of three in our communication? Let's start by going back to the paragraph writing I spoke about at the beginning. Remember, you're in grade four or five and it's English class. Your teacher tells you to write a five paragraph essay. That was such a big deal for us back then, wasn't it? But really, it's just an introduction, a conclusion, and three supporting paragraphs. As an entrepreneur who cranks out a lot of content in podcast episodes, email newsletters, workshops, and courses, I have to tell you, three is my default. Whenever I wonder how many, I start with three. And I encourage you to do exactly the same thing. Whether you're telling a story, making a sales pitch, presenting your thought leadership, wielding influence, creating a meeting agenda, writing your book outline, whether it's verbal or written communication, and whether it's serendipitous or planned, make three your default. Will it always work? Of course not. No. Sometimes the right number is one or two, or maybe three isn't enough, but often three is exactly right. And don't forget about the three by three. Sometimes when three isn't nearly enough, 
three groups of three is. Let me tell you about something that I noticed. I told this story in a recent episode. I was looking at the table of contents for a book that I often reference called Talk Like Ted by Carmine Gallo. Talk Like Ted as in TED Talks. Carmine Gallo is a communication expert, and you can bet that he carefully, strategically organized his book too. When I was looking at the table of contents of his book, I noticed that the chapters are grouped into three categories, and in each of the categories, there are three chapters. This is not an accident. Communicating in threes works. Just before I recorded this episode, I ran upstairs to check another of my favorite books sitting on my night table. It's Think Again by Adam Grant. Guess what? There are many chapters, but they're grouped into three categories. Individual rethinking, interpersonal rethinking, and collective rethinking. Further evidence that people who think about these things, like Adam Grant, use the power of three. And by the way, I'll leave a link to both of these fantastic books in the show notes. So, Creating an outline for your next book is a great example of when we can use the power of three. Maybe you're not quite ready to write that book yet. Well, we can all use the power of threes when we're categorizing, also when we're listing things, or when we're highlighting things, like three main takeaways, or when we're influencing, here are three reasons why, or when we're ranking things, like I did in the recent Top Threes Talk About Talk episode, or when you're creating a framework like I did with the popular Talk About Talk episode on the three-point self-introduction framework. Whether you're categorizing, listing, highlighting, influencing, ranking, or creating a framework, just make three your default. Got it? And now, the summary. I'm going to make this brief, I promise. Just three main points. The first point is that there are examples all around us of the power of three. In our everyday speech, in pop culture, in mathematics, science, art, religion, and sports. Threes are everywhere. The second point is that there are many reasons that threes are all around us. There are benefits or advantages of the number three. Three is balanced, it's substantive, but it's not overwhelming. And using threes in our communication can help us minimize the cognitive load of the audience that we're communicating with. In other words, Using threes in our communication makes things easier to understand and easier to remember. The third and last point is a list of examples of when you can use the power of three in your communication. Whether you're telling a story, making a sales pitch, presenting your thought leadership, wielding influence, creating a meeting agenda, writing your book online, whether it's verbal, written, and whether it's serendipitous or planned, make three your default. We can use the power of threes when we're categorizing, listing, highlighting, influencing, ranking, or when we're creating a framework. Make three your default. And that's it for this episode, episode number 93 on the power of three. Now, I'm hoping you'll go to the talkabouttalk.com website and do three things. Are you ready? First, please sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter. This is your chance to get free communication skills coaching from me every week in a simple to digest weekly email. Two, check out the show notes with all the links for this episode. Just go to talkabouttalk.com, click on the podcast tab, and you'll find it all there. And three, tell a friend about Talk About Talk. 
Do you have friends who might also be interested in improving their communication skills? Whether you mention Talk About Talk in conversation, forward them this podcast episode, or send them a link to the website, I thank you so much for spreading the word about Talk About Talk. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening and talk soon.